And you're going to want to head on over to patreon.com slash house of decline. That's H-A-U-S of decline. You get comics. So many comics for $3 a month. Podcasts extra for $5 a month. I'm not good at advertising, but pay us money. Uh, you get, um, well, what else? Uh, a, a back rub? You, you get the type of herpes that only Sherpas can get? Sherpies? You get a knife um, from our knife set. Oh, yeah. And then you can try to build your own knife set. Yeah. You, you get uh, J.D. Salinger's World Weary Repose. That's something you'll get. You can have some of my collection of receipts from my wallet. Yeah. You can chain them together, tie them to your pubes, dangle yourself out the window like Rapunzel. Well, my father... You know, what if Rapunzel? What if those were her pubes? Uh, my father used to decorate the Christmas tree with all the receipts of the stuff that we needed um, that year. <laughs> really? Like, and be like, look, that's your present. Oh, uh, uh, that's grim. Yeah. So that was fun. I like Christmas. Uh, we're coming up pretty soon. Yeah, who doesn't like Christmas? It's it's the holiday that keeps on giving. Do you, do, uh, some call it stressmas. Do you get stressed around the holidays, Stephen? Oh, yeah, I always just get stressed on the holidays. Can't stand them. My least favorite yeah. time of the year is the holidays. It's like, I love that time of the year from, oh, February to... June, where you don't get any holidays or time off work. No major holidays, no, yeah. Nothing going on. Yeah. Um, of course, the last holiday is in January, which is that uh, MLK Day, right? That's a good one, though. <laughs> MLK Day? You, you're totally... Easter is not entering into the equation for you. Uh, no, you don't... You shouldn't... You have to work on Easter. It's just... A, it's a Sunday anyway, so, like, what, are you going to get Easter Monday off? You're going to get... What's the Friday called? Good Friday? You're going to get... Good Friday. Um, what is it? And then it's Thirsty Thursday, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's Thirsty Thursday, Good Friday, Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> Let's not forget about Wacky Wednesday, or as they like to call it, Ash Wednesday. That's right. But it's wacky, because you get a smudge of shit on your forehead, yeah, and you have to go around. You're, you're, you have to go around all day with dirty. Yeah, and Christians, they rub their foreheads together going like, dirt it up, we're dirting it up. That's just Ooh, Catholics as far as it's I actually know. It's Catholics, yeah. The Episcopalians were much more civilized. Uh, one time in New York, I saw an Easter procession. I thought they were clan members, but it was just Spanish Catholics wearing the capriotes. It was the scariest thing I had ever seen. I was like, oh God, it's the fucking clan. They're marching in the streets. Oh, oh no, it's just Spanish Catholics. They have spooky hoods too. But they're not racist. But well, it, they are, but in in a more in a subtler way. Hmm. Well, d please. Um, let's delve into that. How are the Spanish Catholics? How yeah. are the Spanish Catholics racist in a more how subtler? Are the I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pin I'm gonna pigeonhole all the Spanish Catholics here. <laughs> you guys are all racist. You need to do better. Okay. <laughs> oh. um, I'm calling out to the big Spanish Catholics here. The Catolicos. Well, Spain no longer in the World Cup, so you there know, R.I.P. to them. R.I.P. Eliminated to their people by one of its colonial subjects. Yeah, was Morocco really colonized? I don't. Is I that don't know. true? I don't know my history. I don't know my history of Morocco. <laughs> we can ask. We can ask the. Let's ask Google. Let's ask the woke Google machine. Yeah. Oh. Well, Google with its algorithmic 
settler colonial censors will probably indicate that, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's saying that they were colonized by France and Spain. Well, I guess Morocco has to, you know, has to defeat the other colonizer now. Um... It'd be sweet because they could beat both. Like they, Morocco already beat Spain. So anyway, yeah, this is yeah. coming out, um, you know, before the World Cup final. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. approaching the semifinals. But many of you may listen to this after the semifinals uh, have occurred. I'm sure most, if not all, of our listeners have been following in the World Cup. I am an avid fan. Mm-hmm. Um, love to see those hot young men cry. Yes, a lot of crying, a lot of, uh, there haven't been a lot of ignoble injury faking this time around. Yes, I haven't yes, seen there has, actually. Oh, it's there has? Fun. Oh, that's oh, yeah. great, that's there's great. Been, <laughs> there's been some people diving, and then the replay shows that no one actually touched them, and they're writhing around in pain, but... Yeah. I love that aspect of sports, where there's this whole, like, weird mini-game in, in the sports that is like, it's like in hockey, when they just start beating each other and everyone is like, yeah, this is just a part of the game. This will happen. Sometimes this will like, no, and the refs won't break it up right away. They'll be like, oh, let them duke it out. You know, it's yeah. just this this thing that naturally happens. Um, so uh, I, I wonder if there's like in the soccer minigame, do you think there is like one soccer player who is deployed exclusively because they are so good at faking injuries? Oh, that's good. I don't know. Um, I do not know. I, I mean, it's a it's a widespread tactic. So um. yeah, that's how I would play. I would exclusively <laughs> recruit from wrestling matches where you know you have to learn to fake pain a lot. You know, I would I re- recruit a lot of wrestlers, and your team can't win if they're all red carded for debilitating injuries for giving debilitating injuries. To our team of incredible actors. Here's a hypothetical, okay? Yeah. You combine soccer with professional wrestling. Okay. And so they can do moves on each other while they're also trying to kick the ball around. I think that would be cool, yeah. And they could maybe use tables and chairs and ladders. Yeah, yeah. And there would be these, like, big, elaborate, you know, storylines where somebody's cheating on somebody and, you know, they get get run over by a car and, you know. What if the match takes place in a cage? Yes, in, like, a very—what if, instead of players, there are cars? (laughs) 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 Okay, well— Yeah, this is just Rocket League. Yeah, this is Rocket League over here. Um— and I think that Americans should get yeah. to, like, use cars as part of their team. Because, you know, you, you bring to the table what your country's all about, right? And Americans should get to use SUVs to, like, uh, pass the ball around. Um, I think there's versions. I mean, you're what you're kind of moving towards is a, is a version of polo, right? Yeah, I guess a car polo. Yeah, you're kind of just turning that into car polo. So, um it's not clear to me how soccer isn't a form of polo. Like, I thought that polo was maybe like a sub, like a, a large group of different, because there's water polo, there's horse polo. Oh, um, the World Cup. Oh, you're t- oh, the horseless polo game. Oh, yes. I People all around the world love horseless polo. It is truly the truly the sport of the peasant class yeah. who cannot afford their horses. Uh, yeah, it's horseless polo. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's, that's interesting. 
Uh, I think you know every every sport is polo when you, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Hockey is ice polo. You know, basketball is net polo. Yeah, football is kind of like special Olympic polo for people who can't understand polo. Yeah, yeah, it's I like carry it, it, the it, football. Don't make fun of the Special Olympics. That's that's an old joke. I'm making fun of the football players. I you're mean, right. You're making fun of them for being for dumb. being stupid heads because they can't understand polo. They're, they're like you know. Uh, we, 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 we don't even know horseless polo. There's no passing. Yeah, there is passing, but you also carry it. You could kick it, or you can throw it, or you can just carry it. Um, any way you can think of, basically, you can do it. And just make sure you don't forget it. Yeah, don't. Oh no, I keep forgetting the ball. Yeah, uh, he's he's the fastest runner on earth, but goddamn, he's like he's like goddamn George from Of Mice and Men. No, Lenny. Lenny is the dumb one from Of Mice and Men. I think baseball would be cooler if you had to hit targets with the baseball. Yeah, you know, so you can't <laughs> just try to hit it far. You have to like hit like a. You're trying to hit players, yeah. Well, maybe just there could be, like, suspended rings, like golden rings, kind of like in <laughs> Sonic. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, targets. They need to hit a little target, floating targets yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I I think it would be cool if, like, every so often the uh, batter could just charge at the pitcher with the bat and start beating him a lot, and, you know. It's up to the pitcher to run away, and if, if you know, he's able to beat him within 30 seconds, then, you know, that's it. They have to get their relief pitcher in. You know, I, all sports would be improved through violence, you know. Um, well, I'm more into, more like, violence. targeting, that kind of stuff. But violence is fine, I guess. I mean, there is or some... Somebody, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just other intangible aspects of the sport. Right? That's what I... That's in the premise of basketball. I always liked how they could use psych-outs. You know, I wish I wish psychological warfare, visible psychological warfare, were more of a thing during sports matches. Well, it's definitely a thing, but it's just not visible. So yeah, I don't. I think it's fine the way it is. No, more violence, more katanas. All sports would be improved with the addition of katanas. Katana polo is what I is what I'm suggesting here. What I mean, if I instead think more, of like more overt acts of romantic intent would be nice. Like yeah, if they were like Spartans and they were like fucking each other and they were they were made stronger by fucking well, each other. Also, make make it just like pledge like a bro- like I love you, my brother, and they could like hold hands and uh, kiss. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think um yeah, football lines would be a lot more powerful if they all held hands, Red Rover style, <laughs> and you know we're we're skipping. Obviously, it's it's um. It's a it's a tired obver- observation to say, oh, sports are just, you know, a way for straight men to act out their gayness. You know, obviously that's a, it's a tired. No one wants to hear that observation right. anymore. Well, I'm just but, saying it's a way for gay men to act out their gayness. You're right. What if we we need a gay football league? Yeah. We need we need exclusively gay leagues of sports for the gay players. I think you can get that in some areas of Massachusetts. Like you can get all gay soccer leagues. There, yeah, there are definitely all gay sports leagues are a thing. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's there's when it, there's an all gay rugby league in Canada. Which it's, not, is it's often not legal in many states. Uh, all gay, all yeah. gay leagues. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
and like uh, in like the southern states like what no you can't you're desecrating the sport of football do you think if they have like the bisexual in the all gay league and they're currently uh fucking someone of the opposite sex they're like i'm sorry sorry carl you're out you're done you know well the all gay leagues have the possibility of including romantic storylines which okay. they should capitalize on because sports really could use that aspect i think People are reticent to do that. In like in fifteen seasons of, of RuPaul's Drag Race, there's only ever been one romantic subplot involving people in the show. You don't think everyone wants romantic subplots constantly? I think the I think the uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it would be. Maybe football would be enhanced if there were like two star-crossed lovers on the opposite sides of the field, and you know they were. In a, uh, one was a linebacker and one was a quarterback, so th- the other guy had to sack the other guy, and, you know, there was a lot of tension, too, and they were feeling each other up. You know, uh, the homoeroticism <laughs> of football has up. been well observed. <laughs> They're feeling each other up a lot. They were touching butts. You know, they were smashing their butts together, like in a Cardi B video where they smashed their butts together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, if they were rubbing their crotches together, you know, if they were... if they were, uh, I Do you think... Do you think football players ever knock their jock straps together to make a like a rhythmic clicking sound because they're made of that hard plastic? So I imagine you could get a pretty good sound out of those suckers if you were just thrusting at each other. Um, probably they do that. That's probably like a form of uh, warming up. Yeah, that's an exercise that they do. Yeah, much how like we warm up before the show. Um, yeah, like slapping our balls together. Yeah, we slap our balls to together make an- to make rhythmic noises. Yeah. <laughs> Make it do the paradiddles. Paradiddles are hard. <laughs> it's it's about for me. It's about the ghost notes. You know. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to create a, like convincing ball slapping fully. <laughs> is that is that okay, ball no, slappy enough? See, with fully, you have to get like really in depth. Okay, so what you need to do is like get some water balloons and fill them with water. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then yeah. have those gently. You can also get your skin wet, and then then you can make a nice little slapping noise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you have to try. You're, you're right. I, I'm going to get my skin wet right now. <laughs> By spitting on me. I'm spitting on me a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, spit. Our saliva is like a really great and underutilized tool for MacGyvering yourself out of situations. Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been stuck in pipes I don't know how many times. I've been stuck in narrow shoots, you know, as a baby, you know, they were going to C-section me. And I said, hold on, I got this. And I started spitting around myself. I started spitting all around my head. And, you know, I was smart and capable of speech, even as a fetus. You yeah, know, it's a I, good all-purpose um, uh, preparation treatment, uh, you might call it. Um, yeah, it doesn't dry or stink, you know. Right. Don't think about that, you know. Yeah, I mean, say you need to give your belts a little tune-up, you know. <laughs> Little spit, shine, wow. Uh, fre- frequently, uh, you know, turning to real talk now. If you if you're hard for a blowjob, you'll usually use saliva as lube. But have you ever considered going like doing a real patui on that like on that penis before doing it? You know, by golly, making sir, a ding I've like had a spittoon. It, have had that happen to me. You you've had you've had someone go. Like, <laughs> hawk up a loogie on yeah, you? Yeah. Sure have. Sure have, my my friend. Yeah. I was, at, I was had, at an old saloon. You were at a saloon? 
they, they were playing piano in the in the background. Yeah. And then uh, and then the bad guy came in and he started spitting on your dick and they switched to a minor key and the right. Scene. I was in I was in the desert working at an old meat factory. Right in the desert, yeah. M- much like Obi Wan Kenobi does in the new. He, yeah, <laughs> they never showed him working at the meat factory in the. I didn't see the Disney Plus oh, series. Yeah. Was that mostly him working at the meat factory? The first couple episodes are, yeah. And he's like saving some meat to feed his weird beast. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a nice day here at the meat factory. I'm imitating Alec Guinness. Oh, no. Oh, I'm Obi-Wan. I'm spitting on dicks. I, I was, I'm a sexless Jedi, but what they don't, what they don't account for is that you can suck your own penis. Um... Just segueing by virtue of co-owned, like, you know, properties owned by the same company. Right. Why are they de-aging Harrison Ford for the new Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, I think they should. I think they should make him look even older. You know, (laughs) I want to see like a decrepit skeleton. I want to see Indiana Jones, but he looks like the guy rapidly aging from The Last Crusade. I want to like a crypt keeper and a fedora just going around and making lots of jokes about his bones, you know? No, we're unearthing some bones now. <laughs> yeah, so he's he gets cursed somehow to to be growing older for the entire movie, and that's the whole bit. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. He, he actually gets the Last Crusade cursed, and you know he's 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 becoming more crypt keeper like. But I guess it's Harrison Ford. Who? How do you do a Harrison Ford impression? My my mommy hurt my head. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> my mommy that, hurt my head. <laughs> that that's from Witness. I'm quoting Witness. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Witness? No. Where he's he's investigating the murder in the Amish community, and the little boy played by Lucas Haas, you know, he's seen stuff, and he's he's all silent, and eventually he has like a romantic subplot with a hot Amish broad. Oh, these Amish ladies are pretty hot. Back when we were making Blade Runner, they didn't have these hot Amish ladies. Is that where they made Blade Runner? Yeah, in the Amish country. You know, really? That Amish country looks like that. That's you know, interesting. A lot of people, yeah, you wouldn't think of it. All you that, wouldn't like, think they would have all that advanced technology. All that neon and noodle, noodle bars and such. All built out of wood. <laughs> all made from wood. It's amazing what you can do with, you know, artisanal uh, German craftsmanship. You know... Uh, <laughs> They built one of the World Cup stadiums out of, like, spare truck <laughs> container parts. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were going to say the Amish built one of the... Oh, we're doing a stadium raising today. Well, that got me thinking. Yeah. Next World Cup is in uh, America, Canada, and Mexico. But, you know... You're right. With the important games happening in America. Quarterfinals mm-hmm. on is America. So, mm-hmm. Canada, Mexico, you guys get some of the, like, you know, lesser games at the beginning... And this sure. way we get to claim some form of, it's like a little family reunion for us. Okay, we don't spend enough time together, you know, and we have something in common, a hemisphere, if you will. So, <laughs> <laughs> this way, we can share our togetherness in 2026? Uh, we're, we're doing the back to NAFTA agreement. Of course, uh... The 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 Canada United States Mexico agreement that Trump spearheaded or the Cum agreement, right? It was it was Cum. It was crazy. That's crazy. It was a human fluid. When instead it should have been an agreement. It was a fluid and a gross one at that. I mean, imagine if we united 
right? Yeah. As as like a we have a super government. Yeah. Of come. Of come. Canada, United States, Mexico. Yeah, I I don't think you could get either can I th- I don't think you could get Canada or Mexico to agree to that. Come on. Really? I, I Canada definitely doesn't want to be part of the US. It's Our not, entire national it's being, identity it's is not about the US. It's called the come. <laughs> okay. The come. Okay, yeah. We are united. You've heard of the scum manifesto. Here's the cum manifesto. Okay. And what if our manifesto is this? World domination. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nothing can... Yeah, once we have... We have all three parts, you know. America's the muscle, you know. Canada's, Canada's the, the brains. brains. Yeah, and Mexico's wild card. <laughs> all right, you know, they're, they're just sitting in the corner, knife in their mouth, capable of anything, you know, that... We've got we've got all the elements, you know. We, we, it's like the A team of of countries. We send I guess the A- we send the Mexican cartel into countries that we want to take over, and mm-hmm. boom, as easy as that. We got uh, absolutely. Who, who do we want? Russia? Send the cartel. I think we need a fourth guy. I think we need like okay, uh, Panama because of the canal. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yes, that's important. <laughs> yes. yes, we already got Whoa. it. Whoa. Sorry, I was very but I guess then we, then we can't be cum anymore. Then we'd be cump, <laughs> which is fine. the uh, The only uh, the only thing about cump I know is uh, someone I follow on Twitter, Ryan uh, Illustrator, uh, has a character he'll post that has the word cump on her shirt, and she'll do it late at night and go real cump hours. And I am comforted by real cump hours. It, it, I like it. Yeah, you're you're a late night guy. You're a late owl. Yeah, you're a yeah, man of I, the uh, night. <laughs> The animals that I have identified with: bat, owl, nighthawk, night fox, night cat. You know, none of <laughs> none of these day, day cats. Oh, oh yeah. I'm a night, night cat. You're a yeah. night fox, are you? <laughs> I'm a night fox. Yeah. What are you? Fo- some fucking gay ass gay gay day fox? You know, Doris Day Fox? No, everyone knows that the night is straight and heteronormative. Whereas, whereas the day is a bit fruity, what with all of its colors. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, dude. The day is yeah. gay. Day is absolutely <laughs> fucking, it's the gayest time, temporal period. Yeah, because a night is straight, because night is when you do sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's, it's also dark. It's, it's the darkness, which is, you know. I sort of believe that is that is why Batman is like, is definitely straight, because only like a straight guy. <laughs> could could be like that, huh? Um, could be Maybe like that. Not. I mean, I don't know. I um, Kevin Conroy, of course, passed away recently, and he brought the gay experience to Batman because Batman's always he always has a secret, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't do the Kevin Conroy voice, but uh, uh, it's also funny. He was on the Venture Bros episode where he played Captain Sunshine, and they actually did the Fred Wickwortham where he was a pedophile. I mean, Captain such a we have a good Batman now, and I think he's gonna last a long time. So I'm 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 pro Batman these days again. You know, it has been a while. Yeah, it's coming around. You know, the 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 Ben Affleck years. Even though you know, I didn't mind Ben Affleck as Batman. I sort of buy him as mm. I, I I sort of liked how he played like Bruce Wayne as being sort of shitty and an act like the the quintessential Ben Affleck character is like a shitty guy mm-hmm. like that. He's at his best when he is playing like sort of shitty guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's who he plays in gone girl. It's who he plays in the last duel. You know, he's, he's 
Well, he doesn't play a sort of shitty guy. He plays a real shitty guy. Or even back, you know, back to Kevin Smith's Mall Rats, he excels as like a jerk. Yeah. yeah. And so I like him playing Batman as sort of like this arrogant jerk. You know, whereas Pattinson's playing him like uh, emo Batman, which is good. I love emo Batman. Uh, frankly, we didn't get enough emo Batman. You know, I think it's it's a little it's a little much to say he's emo Batman. Okay, you're right. He's Cocteau Twins Batman. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. He's it's a little more. Yeah, he's not listening to Rites of Spring or Mineral. Hmm. You know, he's not he's not a guy Picciotto fan. He's I, he's listening. You know, to now like, that you say Rights of Spring, he probably he might listen to Rights of Spring. Might listen. <laughs> might listen to a little Rights of Spring. Uh, that seems like his thing. Might listen to Sunny Day Real Estate. I listened to a lot of Sunny Day Real Estate, but was uncomfortable with their AIDS denialism. Well, that he doesn't pop- really talk like that. That pops up a lot when with music people. Just the, just those guys. So what is it they deny about AIDS? That it was they they uh, think cr- it's not it doesn't exist like it's oh. or it's it's a hyped up form. It's a like they say it's like a form of syphilis that is uh, propagated by the medical community to get you to I don't know buy drugs or scare people or that was like the line. I I say Sunny Day Real Estate uh, because Foo Fighters were famous for playing a few anti AIDS concerts. You know I brought this up before just because it's such a Weird thing, because Dave Grohl is like the the most universally beloved figure. You know, I once Patrice O'Neill had that classic line about how like creep is very important to white people. Mm-hmm. Dave Grohl is equally as important to white people as creep. You know, well, there's you have like, to understand something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have, you know, lecture me about Dave Grohl. You don't get Nirvana. At all? <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding because you you actually are a bigger Nirvana fan than me. I love yeah, I love Nirvana. I think they're great. Yeah, I, no, think, I don't. Uh, I don't really care. I don't. I like. I like Dave Grohl because he's a funny guy. You don't guy. care. You don't care. You don't care. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I like Dave Grohl because of things like being in the Tenacious D stuff and being yeah, he's the devil. He's funny. Being the guy from a. a Semi-viral video about him in the studio. Um, how much he loves coffee. Have you seen yeah, that? fresh pots. Yeah, fresh pots. I remember that. Yeah, he loves Dave Grohl. He's so wholesome. He loves coffee. It's not even a. It's not even a hard drug. Dave Grohl. Yeah, he. You know, he's like the funny, lighthearted one in uh, Nirvana, and then his friend died, and he had to. Yeah. Be, he had to make the Foo Fighters because he was so sad mm-hmm. that his friend died. Yeah, that's how it went. Uh, and then a brief dalliance into AIDS denialism, but instead <laughs> then stuff, you just cut that right out, right. That's gone right I out. Mean, you know? Wasn't that the blonde guy Taylor? Or yeah, it was. It was more. It was more the bassist. I don't think it was Taylor Hawkins, the dearly departed Taylor Hawkins. He was uh, the drummer. He, yeah. He, well, the, good the thing drummer. Dave Grohl can drum. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so, so when he died, was like, well, this isn't the end of the world for the Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Dave Grohl's like, yeah, dude. I He's like, oh, Dave Grohl's like, oh, I can be the drummer now. And it's like, I wanted that. They didn't let me. They made me be um, the main guy. I, w- I was thinking about this the other day where it's like, Keith Moon's really the only member of the Who that took the hope I die before I get old message to heart, right? You know? 
I think it was just him in a room, like overdosing in front of the guys. It's like, I, hey guys, I said we are, we're all gonna do this, right? And they're like, um, no, I don't think so, Keith. And he's like, looks all dejected as he's overdosing. He's like, come on, come on, we'll die before we get old. And then, you know, he passes away. And it's not really funny, but I, I concoct these scenarios in my head because I like to imagine, you know, the final moments of celebrities. <laughs> the, speaking of that back to my concurrent youtube obsession of sunny v2 no oh no <laughs> I, I, I only want to mention it just because oh, no. uh, i there's a series of videos which are like the last 24 hours of juice world juice world <laughs> do you want to know the lurid details of how juice world suffered and died yeah and it's like the most horrible thing that i can think of Someone just obsessively, you know, pawing over your death and not in sort of a humanistic way, but in a lurid and sensationalistic way. Well, that's giving me an insight on if you do happen to die early, yeah. I can do well, I'm... the last 24 hours of the, <laughs> in the life of House of Decline. The last 24 hours of Alex Jack Dump McGregor. That's not his last name, but we don't use real last names over here. I would like to be a McGregor. I've always wanted, just like uh, in 1890s England, there was uh, this movement where they all wanted to be Celtic for a little bit. So they all, all these Englishmen took on Scottish surnames yeah. and shit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. I, I can, it's like they found out about a thing and they're like, "Ooh, we want to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really funny how like, uh, you know about Japonais, right? Uh, let me guess. French people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to be people. Japanese. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. happened. But yeah. if you look it up, it's like, oh, they have, they've had weebs for hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it goes way back. And that's why you can speak, you can stand and be proud to, like, anime. <laughs> okay? It's like, it's like you're, you're taking part of a cultural movement that's existed mm -hmm. for centuries by watching anime all day. Um, and I uh... like, that's why I'm friends with those kind of people, you know, like you. Yeah, I'm a you weren't, proud. You weren't so much in it that you self-segregated with the other, uh, you know, anime kids in college. No, well, yeah, there the that was that was a little that was a bridge too far. I was more into music than I was to anime. Yeah, so but I they hang, were into I music too. Music I'm beat. very, you're very lucky you didn't fall in with that crowd, my friend. I how am I lucky? Maybe they would have been friends for life. You were, you would have been their king. Okay. I I don't think I. <laughs> I don't think I want to be king of the nerds as much anymore. <laughs> I, you never envisioned yourself as king of the nerds being like, I have an army at my fingertips. Uh, college was this desperate escape from my nerdiness. So I tried to cultivate all these things like I thought were cool. Yeah, like or being like mysterious, were represented. you know. Yeah. You well, always... I mean, that's why I got into free jazz because I was like, there is something about this which is sort of, like, inaccessible, and cool people seem to like this, so I'm just going to pretend to like it until I eventually do like it, which 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 happened. I, I, it finally clicked for me what was good and special about it. Um, yeah, you'll have to tune in to Radio Free Tote Bag soon for my guest appearance to hear about my relationship to free jazz. Um, <laughs> so check that out. Uh, yeah, use your. Google. We gotta, we gotta have, uh, we gotta have Audrey and Dono on the podcast. We will have them eventually once the scheduling lines up and I stop being lazy about scheduling. Yeah, yeah, you've been really sleeping on the job. Ah, uh, yeah.
Well, I honestly, part of that, I get a little raw. Get a little raw in today's episode, but uh, I've been uh, I've been like depressed, but the usual amount of like depressed I get because yeah, seasonal. You know, your dick is small. And... Dick is small. Nipples are small. You know, butthole small. Yeah. You know, I got small everything. Yeah. I need to find an equally small bald man. Uh, so uh, no, that that is not the smallness of my various extremities is not the problem. It's it's the coldness. It's uh, I I usually go to these poetry events. And uh, I won't use the name of the person, but it was sort of this, uh, there, there used to be this little elven man who came along. And, you know, all of the, the other poetry people were reading their, like, poems about, like, I got wasted on the last front of Ontario and looking at the horizon depths in my soul. And, you know, these, like, sense poems about their lives as as alcoholics mm. and then there's this little elfin guy who makes little rhyming poems about whimsical subjects and he was just like he saw that there was a poetry open mic and you know he liked the vibe and uh he was pretty different from everyone else and one thing i remember him reading which always he had a poem about winter and he he sort of half sung it and he, he went winter winter Nipping at your nose, nipping at your toes, winter, winter. <laughs> that fucking rule. <laughs> That's what I think about whenever I'm outside now, careening around the snow. Winter, winter, nipping at your toes. Is there snow cover? Is there some snow on the ground right now? I, I am not exaggerating when I say that this is exactly how he said winter. Winter and, and he and there were like various phrases, uh, various stanzas that were all punctuated by winter, winter, stopping at the field. Have you had the deal? Winter, winter. You know, I kept going for like for a while. He had all these little rhyming couplets about <laughs> the cold, and I, I relate to it. And this makes yeah. this is what has plunged you into the deepest depression. Well, this is this is the inner monologue that happens when I am depressed. Oh, okay. All I can think about is winter, winter. <laughs> It'll be over before you know it. We only got like three and a half more months. <laughs> no, what, winter is less the problem. It is I wane with the sun. I wax and I wane with the sun. You know, we've already established that the day is gay. So, you know, my gay powers are lessened when there is less sunlight. Yeah, um, it's true. You need to yeah. go to Florida. I, I honestly, I've been thinking it. Like, I can't deal with another fucking winter. It's gonna, it's gonna break my back. All you need is a one week vacation down at Fort Myers, which I believe is destroyed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I. <laughs> yeah. I, I always wanted to. I. I mean. Part of the reason why The Beach Bum is my favorite comedy of the last 10 years is because it's somewhat aspirational for me as well. I want to be some sort of Key West guy just with a, hanging around Jimmy Buffett in a Hawaiian shirt, you know, drinking Margs on the beach, it, uh, feeling nothing, getting a sunburnt penis. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it should be that aspirational. You, you don't think that's a movie to aspire to, to be to be rich and horrible to other people? Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but uh, I get it. I mean, that that. but the thing that they don't show, which I actually mm -hmm. thought of, which is like, oh, they're not showing the hangovers. 
you know? They're yeah. Not, they're not showing the, any Moondog of the Moondog doesn't get hungover. Oh. He's just constantly partying. No, man. He gets hungover. At that age, your hangovers. I dare you at 50 to drink, like, th- but in, <laughs> six beers. Th- that's... That movie is a fantasy. It is a comedy fantasy of great. What what being a nihilistic drug taking rich guy is really like is more like the Tim Heidecker movie, The Comedy. I don't know if you ever saw that mm, movie. No. Oh, I love the comedy. Uh, it came out in 2011 at the height of you know sort of Brooklyn hipsterdom where that was in the cultural conversation, and it's just a series of vignettes of Tim Heidecker being bored and horrible. And like uh, inviting a woman over to his boat and just watching, she has an epileptic seizure and he's just watching her and he, he dispassionately. <laughs> Weird, dude. He uses the N word or he goes to a, he goes to a, a, a black bar and he uses a bunch of, he uses the N word a lot. Do they censor it? No, they don't censor oh it. Oh my it's, God. Uh, well, but you the, heard the it point, here. The character, it's the character. Tim Heidecker canceled. Tim Heidecker is doing one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, and he is becoming funnier as he's getting thinner. Okay, which never is... mind. It's the Tim Heidecker dick sucking hour. Um... No, no, I'm just saying is that like once, for a lot of you get into a trap when if you're a chubby comedian where like a lot of the humor is generated. Usually when you're on screen, you're you're showing your face. A lot of the humor is generated by how you look, you know. So sometimes if you're a little chubby, you can add to the comedy. You know, obviously, Chris Farley was eventually killed with this because he that's what he would say to people when he was depressed. I know what I am. Fat man fall down. And, you know, he took this idea to his grave that it infected him. But um, so even like with uh, Jonah Hill, you know, he stopped getting as many parts when he lost too much weight. You know, you sort of uh, look great in Beach Bum. Yes, he he. I think he looks great in general. You I know, think he looks it, great a hundred percent of the time. Okay, yeah. I know he's been feeling a little down. Yeah, and Jonah, this one is for you. Jonah, this one's for we're you. We're speculating up, on your weight, just gonna, like you like people talking. We're gonna about, cue concept. up a song. What's the what's a what's a great song for this moment? What's Jonah Hill's favorite song? Um, uh, Jesse's girl. Yeah, or there my best go. friends. Uh, my best friends. Uh, what is girl. it? Girl? Yeah, by the cause. By, by cars. The cause? Yeah. You think I, I will from... insist that they're called cars. They're not the cars, actually. They're just cars. Oh, like like pixies? Yeah, or talking heads. Okay. No, it's the talking heads. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's the talking heads. <laughs> the. Uh, and let's not forget about Beatles. Of course, Beatles. Yeah. I hate that. I was thinking about that before we started. I was thinking about pixies. I was like, come on. Yeah. Because people get pissed at you. Like, if you say the Deftones, people are like, dude, it's just Deftones. <laughs> it's not the. Yes, it is the. There is not more than one Deftones. There, it is, the definite article is appropriate. You wouldn't say, oh, I, I listened to a Deftones. Well, there you go. We just figured Dang. that one out. So, sorry, music enjoyers. Sorry, big fans. Fuck you. Fuck you, music enjoyers. Um, I like how Deftones have gone through this cultural renaissance as like of it. recently. I don't like you, that. You don't like the, no. the reappraisal of new metal? Come on, You're dude. not down with it? No. You're not down with it's it? Not, it's not. It doesn't sound good. The thing about it is it doesn't sound good, dude. Uh, you didn't like Freak on a Leash? I mean... Something takes a part of me. That one was probably, what, like a Rick Rubin 
the style type of mastering and productions 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 yeah uh yeah fucking i, I don't know who produced who i don't produced a lot of this stuff the doesn't sound great is my thing so uh sound great as in like it sounds reedy poorly produced or like the guitar tone is off everyone's I mean, using gonna, ibanez seven strings out if i yeah. say i don't like how deftones sound but i just don't i mean listen not everybody's gonna like the sound okay yeah uh, I like how, like, I mean, the thing about any genre of music, what's usually a turnoff for me is if it takes itself very, very seriously. Um, although sometimes it can, they can take themselves so seriously where I loop around to liking it again, like Fugazi, mm-hmm. where it's like those guys are so fucking intense about their dumb punk music that I have to respect. Um I, I guess it's sort of like, but, but I watch a Deftones video and, you know, Chino, Chino Moreno, great vocalist, but he's always making love to the camera. You know, he's always, you know, showing the depth of his intensity and his, you know, uh, at least with like Blink-182, they were joking around, you know, they were jokesters. Yeah, I don't. I like I don't that think, a little better. It's more accessible to me. I don't me, think there's I'm a much man. humor in Deftones. Um, I, like, I like White Pony. Okay. Yeah. There's some inventive things. I can't stand the Maynard guest track. I some of the most about... obnoxious Maynard vocals. <laughs> yeah, and that's... Yeah, that, for me, Tool is weird because, like, Maynard's vocals are the immediate turnoff to Tool. Like, that's always the barrier for me getting into Tool. It's is like, like... I mean, it's like on Deftones and on that Rage Against the Machine song. It's like, why is Maynard on these huge releases, like, trying to get people to like his fucking voice, dude? Get out of here! I love Tool. I mean, I I love Tool, but I like Tool as well. But I'm I I don't love it like you. You had like yeah the oh, teenage I'm, Tool experience, I like the optimum tool teenage every day tool for months. Um, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's like being in a crazy cult. Uh, you know, I was doing landscaping at the time, so I was gonna listen to music. I had headphones, so just just like just make Tool every day while I do the weeds. Yeah. What's the tool song that goes No this magic moment what you hear I, don't, I think you're just singing this magic moment in Maynard's voice? <laughs> no, that's a different song. No. It's the one where the guys are vomiting in a circle, it's like par- parabolus or Fibonacci. Fatteralis. Fatteralis, yeah. That's a good. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's the one that goes. You know, I, I don't know. Despite being the the tool professional here, I cannot. <laughs> you cannot, I cannot identify, identify my poorly based, sung based on that sample. Um, it was you know the video of like the three guys in business suits and they're slicing a creepy apple and then they all float and they they vomit up sludge in a circle and maybe you could ask that new AI chatbot everybody's using. Also, yeah. What do you think about uh, that? I'll yeah, oh the AI, let's get into AI let's get in depths about AI. Yeah, here we go AI chat chatbot uh, for me it's like dude I'm not reading all that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I haven't used the chat, but the big thing that I'm hearing, because I'm in league with a bunch of illustrators and follow a bunch of illustrators and artists, is the AI art thing, which people seem to persist in doing. Uh, I'm, I'm not threatened. I guess when it first came out, it's sort of like, ah, this is sort of scary, but it seems less threatening because 
Yeah, I think it will result in less opportunities for illustrators. That much is certain to me. Um, and that's that's like a tragedy all its own. I mean, it's not going to affect the type of thing that I do because I don't like the type of thing that I do is very personality driven. And I don't think we've gotten to the point where AIs are sort of able to capture the idiosyncrasies of your average weirdo yet. Maybe they are. Maybe I've been duped. You know, what if uh, all of the uh, all of all of my favorite things have actually just been a computer? All of the things that I think are quirky. Repo Man, the wonderful, unique thing. Alex Cox is just a robot, it turns out. Uh, I think it's uh, I mean, it could go either way. May, like someone was suggesting it's going to make everything kind of the same. But, um, you know. And maybe you'll find someone who's able to use it in an interesting way and get something out of it that they could have never, no one could have achieved without using it. Like, then it might be interesting, but right now we're not using it to produce anything like that. We're using it to produce lots of, like, shitty copies, kind of. Yeah, and it seems like, so, so the AI is also dependent on, you know, who is doing the programming, what type of images will produce, and, you know, a lot of the people that, do this type of programming their idea of like good art is like overwatch previs art which i'm you know not to knock the overwatch artists i'm sure they work hard but you know th their idea of art is about a product like a, some sort of technically accomplished product versus like a personal vision which as we've discussed before is like sort of if you want to get down to what separates the good shit from the bad shit it's that it is it is some form of intent behind it and, you know, this is this is a type of art where it's all about eliminating intent. Or, or maybe not, you know, because then there's one thing which is like where, I, where I'm like, this is plagiarism, right? And in the worst case scenarios, it often is where you'll just see AI art bots, you know, completely lifting someone else's style because that's, you know, the the the, the images that were fed into the machine in order to get it to learn. Um, but um you know, eventually these machines will start creating their own styles like they have to just because they'll uh, acquire more data. And uh, is it still plagiarism at that point or does it like go beyond plagiarism once it's different enough? Well, so what probably is going to happen is so many people are going to make these AI art bots now. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be so much of their shitty art going out on the web that the new AIs are going to be fed a larger diet of art made by AI. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to just kind of get worse, probably. Yeah, it's like the effect of uh, recording over a VHS over and over and over again. You sort of get something removed from the original piece because all AI art is ba that's the other thing that I find sort of disheartening about it, because this stuff doesn't exist unless there was a massive database of human made art that already existed. You know, it's all reappropriations and recombinations of previously made human generated art but you know when i ask what is art in general well that's also just the broad definition of art as well it's just recombinations of previous styles you know thesis antithesis synthesis so um but i i think you know it, it it's sort of when you try and approach it from like the philosophical angle of like oh there's something inherently wrong about this you can't like logically say that I think it's it's more inherently wrong from the economic or capitalist model because it's just outmoding another way that you like a creative person could have made money. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's the worst aspect of it. It's just 
we used to have all these jobs for creative people. If you couldn't work an office job or you didn't like it, you had opportunities to, you know, apply your trade as, as an illustrator or something. And it might have made a, for a more tolerable life for you. But now that is not even a possibility. I was reading this damning statistic. I don't know where it comes from. I just came across it on Twitter. It might not even be true, but it said that in the past, you know, artists, uh, a, a huge portion of artists came from working class backgrounds. You know, at least, you know, back in the days when you had industrial arts programs and that was favored, like in the 60s and 70s, when you needed illustrators for stuff like signs and advertisements and illustrations, when there were lots of jobs, you could go from being a working class background, your parents are factory workers, to you being an artist or an illustrator. And now that number is somewhere along the lines of like 8%, because now in order to do art, you already need to have rich parents so that you can take the time needed to develop your craft and advertise yourself. So, and, and the fact that AI art is 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 going to lessen this number for sure. That's obviously what it's going to do is by just creating less opportunity. Then you know that that's the real insidious aspect of it, more so than like the philosophical thing of oh this is doesn't have the human spirit and thus it is lesser than. You know, not that's not that's not true. <laughs> There's just because it doesn't have the human spirit behind it doesn't mean it is lesser than. It is more the like material effect that it has is, is the thing that is really depressing to me. And the fact that like often a lot of these are just straight up plagiarizing artists of a few of these AI art things are like uh, just you know, undeniably plagiarizing previously existing artists, which is very uh, troubling. Well, you can plagiarize Van Gogh because he's dead, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't know. Um, I think it's uh, basically my gut instinct is it's bad. Don't use it. Um, but I don't really care. You know. Yeah. My profile picture I made with AI art. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as like a novelty. Yeah. But it's fun for a laugh. But I, I try not to use it anymore because it, it is yeah. bad. Do you think there will ever be like a piece of AI generated work that will be as impactful as, say, a, 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 a you know, a Van Gogh painting as Sunflowers or like or Guernica or something? Do you think there will be like a singular piece of AR, AI art that will be remembered? I can't um, conceive of that possibly happening, but maybe I just have a poor imagination. I have no idea. Maybe. Like, yeah. I could see some kind of crazy collage going on if you, I don't know. But, um... If we do want to get into the mystical or, like, the the, the weird sort of uh, qualitative nature of art, I don't think it's possible for reasons that I will go into and obviously don't make any logical sense. But I think there is something in the human, um, our ability to be spontaneous and make mistakes. I think the way that our brains construct are constructed, you know, allows us to, you know, take risks or leaps that a computer is simply not able to do, or, you know, we haven't created a program that mimics it effectively enough yet. But I think, you know, the spontaneity of human decisions or the ability to make a mistake, decide you like the mistake and then keep it, you know, that the, the, those types of decisions artists are making all the time. And I, I don't think you get that with like a computer. I don't think you or we just haven't found a way to do it yet. And I think as a result of that lack of spontaneity, you can't create anything new. 
And because it can't create anything new, it can't create anything iconic as a result. I mean, it kind of can create new stuff, so... Yeah, who this could all be bullshit, but I really think that lack of spontaneity, which I don't think, you know, the machine learning isn't good enough to, to mimic yet. Well, there's, so there's something called hallucinating that people who are really into AI are claiming that an AI can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an article in Forbes that says it's wrong Ooh, and the AI cannot hallucinate, but it basically is when it, it may like kind of invents a fact or a new thing and it's wrong, mm -hmm. but it just decides to go with it. So, <clears throat> well, you talk about the AI chatbots. I actually, something that was pretty impressive to me is that they started feeding logic problems into AI chatbots. Like these numbers add up to 1.1 and this number is, uh, uh, this number is 0 0.1 larger than the other one. And it answers the question incorrectly. It answers with the the logical question, uh, the sort of the basic human logic, which is, oh, that would obviously be, uh, well, I don't remember how the math problem goes, but there was like a tweet dunk on it. Someone was saying, we made a computer that's bad at math, which is like, yeah, it's funny. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. But that actually is like, no, that's astonishing. They made a computer that's bad at math. They made a computer that's able to make the same logical mistakes that a human is able to. That's a much more impressive thing to me than just making a calculator. Now you're able to create something that can sort of think abstractly and qualitatively, and that sort of left me with a bit of a frightened feeling mm. that yeah, I'm well, not going to think about too much. It's the new, it's the new tech uh, thing that all the gonna get all the investing and it's gonna take over for a little while and then burn out and there'll be a new you know because you know was a year ago nfts now it's gonna be ai shit and then it's gonna be something else maybe maybe they'll do fucking contact lenses come on i mean give the me ai a, give me a hud contact lens already i mean the ai is the thing that's gonna be grounding the future like that's that's not going away that's not a fad that's like what people are working on like the plague right I think that's what everybody's working on. I mean, but it's like a, it's just a fad. It can't <laughs> let's, do, let's it, it can't do anything that, like, it's not going to be life-changing. You don't think they're going to create an AI that's like a perfect air traffic controller? I mean, look at Tesla's, you know, they can't even get fucking cars right, you know. It's not going to be life-changing. Seriously, it's not. It's going to be, you're going you're gonna to probably, there's going to be more annoyances as you have to use it more probably at yeah the, when you're trying to order some food <laughs> god damn it this thing's broken i'm sorry did you want cheese on this pizza instead we put turds because that's close to cheese i haven't really seen people are like it's claiming they're claiming it's going to change the way we do education how i guess you're going to make kids use an ai instead of having a teacher that seems wrong that seems like it's yeah. uh come on what you you won't no one's gonna do that will the ai throw chalk at my head while i'm sleeping yeah he's a sleepy boy <laughs> you need a authoritative teacher in your life uh-huh uh that's a trope i see a lot in anime where the teacher throws chalk at the head of a sleeping student is i my school was slightly abusive but more verbally so it was it was more of the intimidation by like if you didn't know something in class they would berate you. 
but they never threw anything at you. Um, I, I went to school and they, we still had the chalkboards, which eventually they were on their way out mm-hmm. because in a uh, class of really riled up seventh graders, mm-hmm. chalk erasers and chalk are is messy and dangerous okay oh yeah you can clap those suckers create dust clouds yeah and you can you can get them all filled with dust and then throw them at someone and so kids would get hit in the face and like (laughs) become completely white in the face with chalk dust so yeah they remove them for whiteboards and then the teacher (laughs) can keep all the whiteboard markers to themselves and you know you, you the erasers aren't filled with anything so I mean, well, whiteboards, yeah, that's, you would move on from throwing erasers at each other's heads to sniffing the whiteboard markers and getting a little high. Well, that's why the teacher kept them. But now I think it's probably going to be just like iPads to a projector screen sharing like that. And you, the teacher will just draw on the iPad with the iP- with the Apple Pencil or some shit like that. Yeah, now kids will have to throw iPads at each other's heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of kids, wasn't there some place where like, we're going to give all the kids iPads? It's like thank you. Yeah, Dylan. every there's 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 like a thousand charter schools where that's the whole biz- education plan is iPads. Right. So now what? there's going to be a charter school and it's like iPads with AI. <laughs> AI pad school. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. We love charter schools, don't we, folks? We we love it when New Orleans was destroyed. They then put in a bunch of charter schools with iPads. You know, if they had used iPads instead of levees, you know. Who might not the the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina might have been avoided if they if they had used AI instead of instead of levees. You know, maybe we wouldn't have had the series Treme. You know, tra- Katrina terrible tragedy, but we got Treme out of it. So you know, the, you know Holocaust terrible tragedy, but we got Life is Beautiful out of it. So you know, who can say? Who can say? Really, yeah. if that had never um, happened, you know, Tom Cruise, he has he has Scientology slaves, but hell of an actor. I saw another saw another making the rounds about John Landis. Why do we forgive John? La- Why do we clown John Landis for killing a bunch of people, but Werner Herzog is fine? Is it because the movies are better? I think that has to be the only reason is that Werner Herzog is just a better film director. Um. Well, I've always taken issue with your claim. Uh, it's a murder. It's not killing a bunch of people. He didn't murder anyone, you know. Yeah, just... I mean, Landis didn't murder. I mean, Landis's like negligence was perhaps more egregious. But then, you know, Werner Herzog did make him carry a boat over a mountain. Everyone knew the risks. <laughs> All of the indigenous people that did not speak English or German or whatever language they were directing the movie in, you know. Everyone, they could not have been expected. Everyone knew what they signed up for. Right. Um, right. Yeah. This very generous life insurance that I'm making up that was included. Uh, how, co- how, do, how come Alex Proyas, the director of The Crow, get a free pass? I guess no one blames Alex Proyas for the tragedy of Brandon Lee. That was, funnily enough, a weapon held by Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Well, he's been shooting people all over time. <laughs> All over sets. Um, yeah, can, can you imagine dying for a movie? What movie is good enough? Can you imagine dying for a shitty movie? Uh-huh. That's like I mean, not even the, Fitzcarraldo. I think the Disney people would die for their movies. The, the, all the Disney adults? Yeah, I think they would they, die. 
time if they for... if they had an opportunity to like throw themselves off of a cliff for for frozen three you know yeah it's serious you know mm-hmm it's but being a Disney adult is so much more now. Now it's Star Wars and Marvel. You know, you have you have such a wider universe than just, you know, your Mickey Mouse characters. Well, that's good because Mickey Mouse in another year or two is going to be public domain. Mm. They can't they have they haven't been able to string that along anymore? No, they're done. They they were supposed to be public domain a while ago, but they were they like lobbied to get the rules changed, but now Yeah, you know who did that? It was Sonny Bono. Really? Yeah, they say uh, the congressman right before he died. I thought he was some kind of pop singer. He was. He was with Sure. Sure. Yeah, Sonny and Sure. 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 That's me. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm always talking about the Armenian genocide. Goddamn Turks! I hate his son Piker. He's a goddamn Turk. <laughs> That'd be so, funny if like uh, yeah. Cher does does share casually anti-Turkish sentiment sometimes. Does share share. Uh, sure, sure, share, share, share. Oh, you're doing you're sure, doing share, that share. thing where it's it's the Chinese. <laughs> sure, the Chinese. Share, share. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why are you going? <laughs> sure, I share. I hope we don't. I hope share. we don't get clowned for this. What does that mean? That's like a greet. That's like a phone greeting. I had. I had. Listen, I had no idea this was some kind of Chinese word. I'm saying that sure, share, shared. Oh, you're doing okay. What what did what did share? I thought you were doing a racist Chinese. I don't know. I thought you were doing because of your prejudice. Your mini documentary. Am I I incredible? I'm just as prejudiced against Asian people as share is against the Turkish. I was trying to do a a word, a word, a tongue twister. You know. Oh, Uh, like sure, share, shared. Uh, Hey, no racist Chinese accent. Share, 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 share. Are are you doing a racist Chinese accent? Shut up! You should stop. Shut up! I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm doing. I'm doing a not a racist Chinese accent, but a respectful Chinese. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. Learn the difference. Learn the difference. Uh, would would you like to hear my flawless Hong Kong accent? I would. I would, but it's, you're gonna have to save it for the bonus. Uh, episode. Save it for the bonus episode. You can hear my flawless Hong Kong <laughs> accent. My flawless Japanese accent. No.